Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels, Eureka Week. And today we're going to talk about a challenge that a client of mine Peter had. They had a problem in terms of collaborating with sister or brother groups, right? So groups where they have to work together and team together to get the overall project done, which they'll all be judged on, yet Peter doesn't have any direct control over how the other group operates or how well they play together, right? Peter can only control his own people going down, but he has no control going across or sideways. And Peter had been experiencing, I think there had been a merger um, at the time, so there were kind of disparate cultures, and this is pretty common, um, different ways of thinking about things. And it was creating a lot of conflict and, uh, you know, creating difficulty in Peter's ability to get the work done. And also in terms of job satisfaction, right, because who wants to go to work, put on their armor and sort of joust and, you know, um, you know, fight uh, every day with people who are supposed to be on the same team and being your coworkers. Now, interesting um, detail here is, uh, you know, Peter is a very smart guy, very accomplished, very technical, uh, technically smart. Um, and that's part of the reason why he was promoted to sort of lead a team of other super smart technical people. And the groups that he were was working with that, you know, that there was a conflict with, they were also equally intelligent, had expertise in their particular particular technical areas. And the interesting thing about coaching is, you know, I'm not um, particularly technical. I mean, this was in the area of sort of uh, software engineering, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm not going to be able to decide who was right or wrong or even give any advice specifically as to how to deal with a particular conflict. That's not my role or nor is it my expertise um, as a leadership coach. Um, what did become rather apparent was that Peter's approach, as well as the other group's approach, was remarkably similar. Right. They would each come to the presentation or to the argument or to the fight uh, with their own set of facts and great arguments about why their way was the better way. And neither side would budge. So then they would either have to escalate and someone would lose. Right. Like a, a, a level higher would tell one of them, just do it their way. Right. Or make them compromise. And no one really ended up um, being happier for that, and it really didn't contribute to um, a smooth working relationship when someone tells you to do things a certain way versus you agree because you think it's a great way to work together. And one of the things we ended up working on and thinking about was the, the reality that the facts in this situation were not going to be the solution. Right. Peter agreed that no matter how many great facts he would come up with and no matter how great his experience and intuition was telling him his way was the right way to proceed, there would be an equally compelling argument on the other group's side. And there was no way for him to really defeat them on the facts. So then we talked about, well, what's left? And this seems super counterintuitive at first to Peter. But what we came to realize is 
part of the problem was actually not the facts. It was the feelings, right? In any sort of situation where you're trying to get agreement, there's the facts of the matter. But in addition, equally, and I would say a lot of times more important, is the feeling of the situation and the feeling towards the other person that you're agreeing with. And if you think about this in your own life, there's lots of situations where you or someone that you truly respect or care about has totally done something against the facts because they felt strongly about it, right? There could be someone who's in a bad relationship or is making a bad job or life choice, and you can parade out all the facts you want, right? All the documentary evidence, and they are still just going to do what their heart wants them to do because they feel a certain way about it. And it's no different at work, right? If we don't feel valued by the other group, if we don't feel trusted, if we feel defensive um, and insecure because it's a new type of relationship, we are not going to be able to even attempt to open our minds to a different way of doing things because why would we expose ourselves to that? So what we came to realize through our work together was really the thing that was going to work better is not coming up with better presentations and PowerPoint slides, but to come up with a better feeling of the other team. And I asked Peter, how much time do you spend getting to know the leader of the other team who's disagreeing with you? How well would you, how high on a scale of one to 10 would you say your relationship is with them, that trust level? And what are things you can do to make that better, to change the feeling so then it'll be easier to get agreement on the facts because the feelings can often be more persuasive and powerful than the actual facts, especially when the other side has equally valid and meaningful facts, at least to them, from their perspective. So today, what I'd love you to do is ask yourself, when you get in a conflict over the facts, do you know the feelings behind them? Do you have the tools to address the feelings, or are you only able to address things on the factual level? And are there some seemingly intractable, intractable problems that might be solved if people just felt better about each other? And what would it mean if you were the person to bring that breakthrough? What would that mean for your career if you were the leader or the team member who was always able to cut through that factual fog, get to the feelings behind the matter, and bring persuasiveness and collaboration and teamwork together? How would that impact people's perception of your executive presence and your ability to have access to other opportunities? My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and this is Eureka Week, where we talk about some revelations that have come up while I've been coaching clients of mine in the past. So today we're going to talk about a client, Diane, not her real name, Diane's pitch problem. So Diane had a boss that they absolutely respected um, and really looked up to. Um, however, Diane had a problem with their boss. And that particular problem was, you know, Diane was very innovative and would often pitch different projects or processes or ways of doing things. But Diane's boss was the type of boss that, you know, kind of know was like their default reaction. And they wouldn't want to change things or try anything different. And so no would often be the first answer back. Now, the interesting part that Diane shared with me the truth is, it's not easy coming up with content for a daily podcast like Executive Presence Morsels. One way I keep things fresh is by constantly learning from others. An easy and convenient way to do this is through audiobooks, and the Rolls-Royce of audiobooks is Audible. Today, our listeners can try a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you credits for up to two premium titles of your choosing, access to the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals. It's a buffet and no credits needed. And a friendly email reminder before your trial ends. Go to www.connectioncounselor.com slash bookme to sign up. And while you're there, check out my latest book reviews. Thank you for supporting our show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel. So.